God, let's pray and we'll get started. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here together. We thank you, Father, for the word and for the power of it. We thank you for the opportunity we have to sit down today and study it. And we pray, Father, your, your blessings upon us as we do that. Father, give us the courage to apply these things to our lives so that we can be the very best we can be. And, uh, and again, Father, thank you for making it possible for us to be able to, to come together as a family and worship you together. I pray that, you're a, that our worship will go up to you and you will be pleased with it. Father, thank you for, again for the opportunity and thank you for Jesus. We know everything that we are and everything that we do is because of him. And we can't say thank you enough. Bless us, Father, as we study to this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. If you remember, last week I told you I was going to start with something. Y'all remember that? Last week we studied John chapter 12. And at the end of John chapter 12, it says that the words that Jesus spoke are going to judge us to the last day. And I said we spend a lot of time... Talking to God, talking to people, and on a very much time just sitting listening. And I said, when we open God's Word and, and, and read, it's when we listen to Him. Let Him talk to us. And I asked you, I told you last week, we talked about how many of you block off time during the week for something. To do something. Every one of us has something that we block off time to do. You know, whether it's this or whether it's that. We suffer at a certain time, or we go to work at a certain time. Something is blocked off. And those things are all important and are good things to do. But I don't think they're as important as sitting down and listening to God. And so I told you I wanted you to block off some time this week just to sit with God and listen to Him. Let Him talk to you and see if you don't hear some things maybe you haven't heard before. And I'm going to ask you, I told you, I'm going to ask you, how many of you did that? Wow, oh, that's pretty good. I got a few. That's pretty good. I got some people who even weren't even in here that did that. So that's pretty good. Uh, did you find that it was a, a time of solitude just to sit down? And I know I find that when I sit down and read and just read something, I mean, I could be watching TV, I'll put it on mute, and I've got something I want to read, and I'll read a text, and I'll look at it. And it's a time where I just I can reflect. I can look at and I'll see things different than I did before. I'll see the text different. I found something in this text that I had not seen before. Uh, because I've read it through 10, 12, 15 times I've read it. Just looking at it over and over and over to see what's there that I need that we need to talk about. So I'm 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 happy for you. Please, guys, keep doing that. Keep keep blocking off time just to listen to God and just let him talk to you. Uh, you you will not be disappointed. Because really, remember, the words that he spoke, Jesus said, those are the words that are going to judge us in the last day. That's important. So I better know what they say. Not what somebody says, not what I say. Don't believe it because I say it. What if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? And then we die and both go to hell? That's not even fun. You know, I need you to find out what the truth is if I'm wrong and come tell me that I'm wrong. And let's straighten it out. Let's fix it. Because don't, isn't what we want to do is want to serve God and want to ultimately spend eternity with him and with each other. Isn't that, isn't that, what, the goal, isn't that what the goal is? is? Is that what the goal is for you? That's what it is for me. We get, to, we get to come here and we get to taste a bit of it this morning. We'll sing songs and we'll pray and we'll worship and we'll honor him. And it's a, just a bit, just a smidgen of what we're going to experience. Okay? All right. We're going to be in John chapter 13. This is the, the, 
the story of the of the washing of the feet. Okay, it's a story about servanthood. What it's about. I'm going. I've got some questions I'm going to ask you, uh, but I want us to look at the first three verses first before we get really get into this thing. It says it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that his hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Okay. Now that that term to the end doesn't uh, doesn't necessarily mean uh, to the end. It means to the fullest extent. It's really not a good translation. That's to the end because to the end of what? To the end of his time there. That he's not going to love them anymore. To the end of time that he's not going to love them anymore. But he but it says I'm going to love them deeper. To the fullest extent that I can love them. That's what it actually what the actual translation should say. But look at what he what he said. He said the evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took his outer clothing, and wrapped the towel around his waist. Okay. My question for you from that text is: Jesus knows that Judas. Is, has been prompted by Satan. He knows it. Okay? He knows that what Satan what Satan is going to prompt him to do. He is going to betray him. He already knows that. But when, Ju when, G when Satan comes crashing into Jesus' life, there's some things that he knows absolutely that helps him get through this. Okay? There's some things he knows. What does he know? He knows that he's come from God. Okay? He knows that God has given him all power. And he knows that he's going to go back to him. That's comforting for him. So my question for you, we're in John chapter 13, guys. My question for you is when Satan comes crashing into your life, what do you know, like Jesus, that can give you confidence? Because I promise you, if he's not crashing into your life today, he maybe will come crashing in it tomorrow or next week. He's going to come into your life. He's going he's gonna to come in. He's going to try to sift you. He's going to try to undermine you. He's going to try to tempt you. All those things. What do you have going for you? What do you have confidence in to give you the confidence when he comes that you know that you can stand it? Because Jesus knows. He said, wait a minute. I know what Satan's fixing to do. I know what it's going to mean. Does he know what's coming? Sure he does. He knows exactly what's coming. He knows what the scourging is going to be like. He knows what the crucifixion is going to be like. He knows the horror of it. We know because when we get to there, he's going to he's going to he's going to beg in the garden. Please, I don't want to do this. But what is he? Can he always go back to? I know where I've come from. I know the power that he's given me. He's given me the power to say I'm not going to do this. He gave me that power. I can say I'm not going to do this. And he said, and I know where I'm going. I know I'm going back to him. So I, I, I he's got confidence. It's going to help him. That those. That mindset's going to help him get through the things that are fixing to happen in his life. The horror of what's fixing to happen for you and I. Yes, sir. Knowing that you don't stand alone. Knowing that you don't stand alone. Tim, Tim Green says, knowing that I don't stand alone. Okay? Helps me with the confidence. What else? What gives you the confidence? What do you, when, when he comes crashing into your life, and he's going to come crashing into your life, through your children, whatever, he's going to try to undermine what you're doing. What gives you the confidence to keep going? What gives you the confidence to say, you know what? He can't win here. I won't let him win. I'm going to keep doing this because of this or this. What do you know? What is it? Your access to the sun. You know, JG said, the access to the sun. I have Jesus in my life. Jesus, his confidence can spill over into my life. 
and give me confidence. What else? We have, we have the, the Holy Spirit to help us. I have the Holy Spirit to help me. It's a promise. Do you believe? See, these are things you have to believe. You have to believe them or Satan's going to win. If you don't truly believe them, Satan's going to win. When he comes crashing into your life, he's going to beat you. If you don't have confidence in these things, and I know these things are true. I know absolutely they're true. I know that I have the Holy Spirit. I know that I'm not alone. I know that Jesus is standing firm in my life. I know that. You know, it says faith comes by hearing. And how? And hearing by the Word of God. That's, that's why this couples together. Once I block out this time and I sit down and, and, and just let Jesus, God talk to me, it's going to help me to develop that confidence. I'm going to help, it's going to help me to get to the place where I believe those things, where I'm, where I'm confident in those things, so that when Satan comes in my life, man, you can't win, dude. You can't win. You know what, what I, I rely on? All of you. Because I know that there's many of you I could call any time. I told somebody the other day, I said, you need to stay on top of me because I've got some things going on right now that, that are, are really beating on me. And he said, you're asking me to watch out for you? I said, yeah, because I trust you. Because I trust that you will be honest with me and you'll tell me what I don't want to hear. And he said, I'll do it. And that gives me a great deal of confidence to know. I know that if I call James and I say, James, this would... James gonna say, "Dan, you're a boob. You're a boob. That ain't that. You, that ain't gonna. You ain't gonna work that way." I know he would do that if he needed to. I know that. But that's not who I asked. Okay, but but I'm just I'm just telling you. You know, having for me having the confidence of you guys in my life, knowing that I have a relationship with some of you strong enough, I can call your husband, and your husband will invariably he will know exactly. You know, sometimes we talk. And it's like like we're living in the same place sometimes in, in, inside of ourselves. And I'm talking about John L. You know, and I, I didn't talk to him all this week. And I thought, man, something, and man, I didn't talk to John. I didn't call John this week. You know, but that gives me the confidence when, when Satan comes crashing into my life. What I know about these guys, if, the, if I needed them, they would come in a moment. They would come in, they would come if I needed them. They'd come, right? They would. We've been together, brothers. That gives me a great deal of confidence when he comes. And if you don't have that, ask yourself, is it the church's fault you don't have that? Or is it your fault you don't have that? Have you not made it possible for the church to wrap its arms around you? Or has the church just decided they didn't want to wrap its arms around you? You know, you have to ask yourself for yourself. Now, let's move on. Okay? It said, so he got up from the old, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist, and th after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Here's the light. You do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. Okay? Then he said, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes, returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so. For that is what I am. 
Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. What do you think, from this text, what do you think Jesus was trying to teach them? Was he teaching them, teach them that we all need to have a part of our service, we're all doing foot washing? Is that what he's talking about? What was he trying to teach them, do you think? Teaching them to be a servant. Teaching them to be a servant. Okay. Anybody else? Teach them to be a servant. What do you think? Humility. Humility? Think about it. Who's washing their feet? Jesus. Jesus. Who do they perceive him to be? These guys that are sitting around this room, who do they perceive him to be? The king. They, per they perceive him to be, that's why it's going to be so difficult for them, because all the things that going to happen to him in the next few hours are not going to fit with their narrative. And they're going to struggle with this. Peter's going to name. Everybody's going to run. They're all going to run and hide except for John. He's the only one that's not. So they're going to have a real tough time. And he's telling them, I know what's coming. I know that this is the end. I'm, it's over. I've been with you and I've done everything I can do. And he's going to spend the next four, three or four chapters just telling them things. And we're going to look at a lot of stuff that he's going to talk to them about over the next three chapters. 14, 15, 16, and 17 is what he's going to talk to them about. And just re relate some more stuff for them. And... And I'm asking, what is he, he's trying to teach them, look, I know who you think I am. I, and you're right, I am. But if you're going to be, if you're going to minister in people's lives, you've got to be willing to do what? Do what I have done. You've got to put yourself last and elevate those people. I think that's that's a great thing he's trying to teach. He's trying to teach them that, that, uh, that, uh, that he is humiliating him. Remember what John the Baptist said? He said, there's one who comes after me that I am not worthy to do what? To loosen his sandals on his feet. Remember, John the Baptist looked at this particular event like this and said, this is the lowest, the lowest you can get. You can't get any more of a servant than down here washing a guy's dirty feet. Can't. And Jesus said, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to humble myself, and I'm going to get down on the ground, and I'm going to wash your feet for you. And I'm going to show you that a servant, that, a, that someone who serves, has to be willing to humble themselves to do what it takes to serve. You cannot serve if you're not willing to humble yourself. It'll always become about yourself and not about the other person. So, what else? I've been there. It was all about myself. Yeah. Most of us have been there. You know, we're... We're looking at this text, trying to learn. I'm going to, some of the questions. I'm going to. Ask, what do we got to do? But what's the? What else did he? What else did he say? Is he showing them? He says, "This is what you should be doing." Is he showing them a path of life that maybe he hasn't? They haven't seen before. He's never washed their feet before. He's always been this guy that's elevated up on a mountaintop. He's always been the king. They always looked at him that way, and and they didn't even they didn't even understand at this point because Peter doesn't understand what he's talking about. He's saying you've already had a bath, you've had a bath. You don't need your head and feet washed. You don't, spiritually speaking, you don't need to be cleaned all over again. But there's some things in your life that you need to get a handle on. And I'm gonna wash your feet and show you that's the connection between the two. So what is what is he trying to teach them? Remember, he told them. He said, I know you don't understand what I'm doing now. You will understand in time. When, when Jesus is gone, when he goes, he's gone, what, what is he, 
what the, we see evidence over and over of these guys performing these things in people's lives, doing exactly what Jesus just did for them. Humbling themselves, becoming a servant, you know, loving people. So it changes it changes the dynamic of the service of their lives. Do you think he's trying to teach them that, that what dedicated living looks like? Dedicated to him? Is it going to be different than what they thought? And remember, they've been with him for three years. What have they done? What have these guys done? What have they done? Huh? Follow him around. They follow him around. He he at their beck and call, he tell them go do this. They went and did this, go do this, they went and do that. You know, but he knows what's gonna happen. He's gonna be gone. And they're gonna have to step up and do this on their own. He's gonna have to leave, he's gonna leave them. Okay? And he and he said he knows that the father's given them to him. He knows that. He loves them. So when he when he leaves, he knows that the next thing they're gonna to have to do is they're gonna to have to learn how to become the loving, humble servants that they need to be so that they can so that they can move on the church the way it needs to go. He knows that. And so he sits he gets down with them and he and he washes their feet and he cleans them. It's not about cleaning their feet, guys. It's about becoming humble and serving and figuring out what a dedicated life to God looks like. We need to learn this. We need to learn what it looks like for me to be dedicated in my service to Him. What does it look like for me to serve? Let's let's go on for just for just a second. Dan, yes. I think there's a good example there too. It's not our responsibility to make the gospel better. No, it is not. Peter, you know, he's like, well, if some is good, more is better. So, mm -hmm. and we kind of have that. Attitude. That's a good point. I didn't think of that. Yep. Y'all hear we say he says it's not our job to make the gospel better. But gospel's good enough on its own. Doesn't need our help. And that's what Peter's doing. He said, "Well, you know, don't wash my, my feet. Wash my head and my body. You wash me all over." You know, and and it, he he doesn't understand that he's already been washed. He's already he's already had a relationship with Christ. You know, now there's some things that that he needs to learn. He needs to learn what kind what it means to serve. Okay, and what that's going to look like in his life. What is a dedicated life for Peter going to learn? You know, the question I asked you was was uh, what what do you think what do you think Jesus was trying to teach them? And we looked at that, you know, that humility and love, compassion, that being a being a servant who is willing to serve in the trenches somewhere, getting down in the dirt and the mud and the mire and, and serving when it when you're gonna get dirty and you serve anyway. That's hard. That's a hard concept when we when we believe that we're better than other people. When we've already sat in judgment of them. Go look at Matthew chapter seven. When it says don't judge, what one of the reasons we shouldn't, because that means I'm going to look at people different than, than myself, and I can't serve them if that's what I'm doing. And Peter's going to have that, Peter's going to have that, that going to happen to him in Acts chapter 15. Paul's going to have to get in his face, because he's doing exactly what Jesus taught him not to do here. He's looking at the Jews and, and looking at the Gentiles and distinguishing between the two. It's not a servant. You know, if you have if you have issues with people, what they wear, how they look, what color they are, and you and you use that as a criteria, you can't serve. That's not the way to serve. Because Jesus is saying, everything becomes better than you. Everything is elevated above you. When you serve like this, you become here, and they become here. And if that's not where you are, then we got some work to do, don't we? Maybe we need to block out some more time listening to God instead of just a little bit. Maybe more time needs to be blocked out for that. But look at what, he, what else he said. 
Verse 16. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master or a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And then, then he gets into something else here, but it's going to connect to it. He said, I am not referring to all of you. I know there's those I have chosen. By, but this is to fulfill this passage of Scripture. He who shared my bread has turned against me. And that's from Psalm 41. That's a quote from Psalm 41. And he says, I am telling you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am the one who, who I am. Very truly I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I sent accepts me, and whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. After he said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified. Very truly I tell you, one is going to betray me. Because they, they're not getting it. Okay? He's looking at their faces. You know, and sometimes I can I can teach a class or get, get you know, you can get up there and you're saying, you know, you know, you got to do something because they're not, they, they don't, you don't got them. You, right? You know, you just don't got them. So, something, you missed something somewhere, and, and about half of them are going, you know, and, uh, and Jesus is looking at these guys and he realized they ain't got it. And he's, and he's struggling. You know, it says, it says he was troubled in spirit. And he, and he testified, very truly I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. Now that's, that's, that's huge. Because these 12 guys have been with him for three years. He said, I know who I've chosen. And he knows that he chose one of them from the very beginning was going to be a betrayer. He's going to betray him. Doesn't matter why he betrayed him, but he's going to betray him. And, and, and these guys were looking around. And, of course, the next thing they're going to ask is, is Peter's going to look at, at the one that Jesus loved. And we, we know it was John. Pretty sure it's John. He says, ask him, ask him who he's talking about. And he says, the one who I give this bread to after I dip it in the bowl. That's the one. So, anyway, i got some questions I want to ask you. I think we've got enough time. What long-term impact do you think Jesus' actions had on his disciples? Do you think there was a long-term impact on his disciples? And what do you think that was? Tell me what you think the long-term impact was from this event of washing their feet and teaching them that this guy who you've elevated to kingship, and rightly so, he said, I'm Lord, and that's right. You're right in saying that. That's the truth. He said, but I'm going to show you that no one's greater than the other person. I'm going to get down here, and I'm going to show you that you have to learn how to serve. How much impact do you think it had on them, these, two, these 11 guys? And other guys, because they're going to, they're going to cast lots to fill uh, Judas. There, there, was some, there was some other people. I don't think they, that's all that was there. But the disciples that were there, and I, he's specifically talking to the 12. What do you think impact it had on them? Because he's going to pray for them a lot in the next three chapters. There's going to be things in chapter 17. He's going to pray for them. And he's going to pray not only for them, but for everyone who hears the message through them. So that means us too. Yep. So in chapter 17, he's praying for us as well. That we all be one. That's, that's pretty tough. That's pretty tall order. When we can't even find a way to be one sometimes within the group. You were going to say something, Tim. Go ahead. Well, you know, you my, put yourself back in that days, them days. Mm -hmm. They they didn't have boots or tennis shoes. They 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 walked everywhere, mm -hmm. and to get to <laughs> down to watch somebody's feet, it it probably ain't the most greatest thing. I mean, you probably watch my feet, even though I cleaned them last night, and still get stuff out of them. Let, let me let. They are going to have a they're going to have a challenge in their life. Okay. Yeah. Because Jesus came not only to save the Jews, but he came to save the Gentiles as well. Okay? So they have a real challenge. The challenge is going to be, very quickly, very quickly, 
they're going to have to accept people who they felt like were, were lower than dirt. They were lower than the lowest person in, in Judaism. Lower. They, they were dogs. They were, they, were, they were just, they were dogs. That's who they were. They, they didn't like Samaritans. They liked Samaritans less than they liked Gentiles. But Jesus is already gone in chapter 4. He already went to a Samaritan woman. They've already had to learn that. But this Gentile thing, Jesus doesn't go to the Gentiles. He didn't go to them yet. All right, so so he's you know there's been a couple of times when he's had to deal with them, but he hadn't really gone to them, and they're going to have to deal with that. How do you think that? Well, how do you think this event's going to impact them when they come to that that event, those events in their life? What do you think? I think they had to deal with it on a daily basis because they were persecuted. Uh, all these things happened, and I think they went back to this day because even in their persecution, they had to think of that other person as being above them. Okay. When, when Peter gets called in Acts chapter 10 to go to the house of Cornelius, who is a Roman soldier, okay? Do you think he had the picture of Jesus on the cross hanging in his mind? Oh, yeah. Would you have? <laughs> would you have looked at Jesus and said, said, oh my gosh, this guy may have, what if he was the guy that was there? What if he was there? How would you view him? How would you see him? What if somebody from school that you hadn't seen in years and you ran across them and they bullied you in school? How would you feel? And you know that Jesus just said, you got to wash their feet. you got to serve them. What? No, no, no. You don't understand. You don't know what this guy, this person did to me. You don't know how, what kind of, what kind of trauma they brought in my life. You don't have any idea. Jesus surely wouldn't be talking about, yes, that's exactly what he was talking about. You, these guys, these guys are going to deal with Roman soldiers. They're going to deal with the hierarchy of Judaism. They did what? Hung their king on a cross and butchered him. They didn't just kill him; they butchered him. Okay, and they're going to have to deal with that. How do you think it impacted them? You think they missed the butt mark a few times? Oh, I guarantee it. Because if they didn't, I'm in trouble. I'm in real trouble. Because I miss the mark regular. I'm you know, I'm in trouble. If they didn't if they got it all right, and we know they didn't, because Paul's gonna get in Peter's face. We know that Peter said, I ain't going over there. I ain't going over there. And he's he's having he's having a an argument with God. With an angel of God. He's having an argument with the Holy Spirit. He said, I ain't going over there. Oh yes, you are. Oh yes, you are. And he goes and he's amazed that because what's happening to them is happened to just happened to them as well. You know, I think events in our lives, we look at stories like this and we see events in our lives and maybe maybe a class like this is a turning point where you look at I have to look at someone who's maybe been giving me a problem in my life. Maybe it's a, a family member or whatever, and I'm going to have to look at them from a different perspective now. I can't see them from the same perspective anymore because Jesus told me I have to serve them. Okay, so I think that had a, I think it had a huge impact on them. I think they, they ran across it every day, just like you and I do. Maybe more so because they're confronted with the death of Jesus. You know, now Jesus is going to be gone. He's going to, he's going to leave. He's gone. Okay? And they're going to have to deal with the people that are coming into the church down the road who are some people who, you know, what about the 3,000 that were baptized on that day of Pentecost? What about them? You think there were some folks there that, of course there were, because you know what Peter told them? He said, you guys killed the only son of God. You did it. So he's looking at these guys and saying, you did it. They and now they huh? were the ones in the crowd. Screaming for his head yeah. on a plate. 
And now Peter is going to, and the rest of the apostles are going to have to fellowship them. They're going to eat with them in their homes. You think this is a problem? You think it didn't have an impact? I'm telling you, every time they turned around, they were they were being confronted with being a servant. And it was not fun. Sometimes it's not fun, guys. Sometimes it's very difficult. I got another question. What are some of the rewards of serving others? What can be some of the what, what can be some of the rewards of serving others? You know, we we're gonna look at this text and, and it's gonna have an impact on us, okay? Hopefully. We're gonna look at it and say, I've got to look at people that are beneath me or that, that society says beneath me, whatever, maybe I've said beneath me, and I'm gonna have to look at them from a different perspective. Okay? We've got people right now that, that in our fellowship that are struggling with some stuff, that have some things that are going on with their families that have been done to their families, you know, from the outside, from people in the world. And they're and it's very difficult. Dan's gonna deal with some of it this evening. You know, and, and you know, we've got to, we've got to understand that, you know, we have God Jesus teach us to love them. Not always easy to love them, is it? Sometimes hard. But what are the rewards of serving others? You guys do it all the time. Many of you I see here, y'all serve all the time. What's what's the reward for them? Seeing the smile, seeing them be uh, uh tears of joy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watch tears of joy. Yep. Uh just beyond the we have even a... serving uh, in the community, us yep. as Christian brothers and sisters, helping them or helping somebody because you don't even know. I had a we had uh, a, a lady and a friend of hers here Wednesday night, and uh, someone I know, someone that Tim knows, someone that we both worked on, and she came and brought a friend uh, Wednesday night. I knew she was coming. She told me she was, but she told me that numerous times, and she didn't show up. But she did show up Wednesday. So I go straight to Walmart on Thursday, and I'm going to go find her. I know where she works. I know where she's at. And so I go find her. And she looked at me and she said, oh, Dan, she said, I love that class. I love that class. And I said, well, how did your, your friend, George, how, she said, he wants to come back. You know, and I know that what started that was Tim. was Tim that wanted to start it. He's the one that served in a way that she felt special. She felt elevated. She felt like she had value. Because in her life, she doesn't feel like she has value in her life. Family's all disintegrated, all train wrecked up, you know, and she she just got, she was sick for like three weeks and out of work, not making any money. And now all of a sudden she comes to a place and everybody was kind to her and loving and they served her in the way they could. And man, I tell you what, man, you know, when I saw her walk in, when I, when I went Thursday morning to Walmart and heard her what she said, wow, man, that's what it, that put a, a, a step in my giddy up, man. It did, man. I'm, I'm ready. I want to find somebody else. I want to find somebody else to talk to because I know how good it feels to know that maybe we got her on track. Do you think we could have her on track maybe to find more truth than she's ever found before? Absolutely. So those are good things. You know, how, do, how does it affect you to see people serving with humility in the church? How does it affect you when you see people serving with humility? In the church, how does it affect you? How did, I mean, you know, you, you've seen people serving with humility, right? In the church, you've seen that? Absolutely. How does it affect you when you see that? Makes you want to be like them. Makes you want to be like them. I want to be like them. I want, you know, I see Carmen, you know, and I've seen Carmen serve with humility for as long as I've known her. I mean, that's just who she is. And I know I've, I've, I've embarrassed you before. 
But you know, but that's the truth, right? Right, like I mean, you yeah. you know that I've I, seen it too. <laughs> I, I want if I was a, a female, I said, man, I, I wish I could be like that in my approach to my family, the way she was. If I have problems in my life, what else? How does it how does it affect you to to watch someone serve humility in the church? How does it how how does it affect you? It makes you realize that. We can be like Jesus because that's what it is. Because I'm watching it. That's right. Because I'm, I can be like Jesus. I'm watching that's it. Right. I watch this guy right here. This guy that's up here. And I know I know we pay him the pittance for what he does. But, you know, it's got to put a it, it put, got to put a smile on his face sometimes to, to know the things that he's done and to know what it's going to affect for 20 years down the road. That kitchen's going to be a, going to be an impact in people's lives for 25, 30 years. We'll all be gone. All of us will be gone, and that kitchen will still be impacted. And he can look at that thing and say, I served, I know I got paid, but that's not the point. He served. He could have said, man, I don't really want to do that right now. I'm a little out of room. I don't want to do all that. But that's not what he did. He said, you know, what needs to get done, and I'm going to do that for the church. I'm going to do that for the people that walk in like Rosie walks in, and the first thing she does, looks to the right and sees that nasty kitchen. She don't see that anymore, does she? Doesn't look like that anymore, does it? Now it's a it's a it's a help to the rest of us, not a hindrance. And he can take he can pat himself on the back. I pat him on the back numerous times. Do it all the time. And I know he's he's sitting. That's humility I'm talking about. That's humility. You know, I mean, and I could single out many of you in here. I'm not going to do that. I just want you to know that there it it has an effect on us. When people serve with humility in the church, look at it from that perspective. All right? I got one more question. What can I do to serve others? What can I do? What can you do to serve others? What can you do? Tell me. Tell me what you think you can do to serve others. Just try to walk, follow Jesus. Try to be, try to be right. Okay. Don't, don't go out there and just do stuff stupidly. Like, I mean, I find myself doing that, but... Sometimes, but mm -hmm. just get right. Get, get right? Okay. Get right. Somebody over there had a hand. Uh, get close to one that's serving already and, and pick up on something. Oh, else. that's that. You hear that? Get close to someone who's serving and pick up on what they're doing. That's how I can learn how to serve. You want to serve? Go sit over in one of those classes on Sunday or Wednesday with some, some teacher over there. Go sit with Barbara Martinez and just see how she serves those little kids. I saw her sitting there. And I don't remember what kid, kid I don't know them kids. And this little kid came in, and she's just got this smile on her face. You know, they're looking for teachers all the time. Then go serve with them. You know what? You, you know what? You're going to learn. You're going to learn. We got some very humble, very very powerful teachers in this place. Go sit with Sandra. Go over there and sit with Sandra Marshall. You'll have an appreciation for what she does. I promise you. And she does it with a passion, with a with an enthusiasm, and yet with a with a with a mark of humility in her life. So go find someone to serve with. What else? What else? How, what can I do to serve others? Yes, ma'am. You know, absolutely worthless college class. I learned one valuable thing. Feeling followed. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. In a college class, you learned one valuable thing? Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure I heard you right. Okay, go ahead. Feeling follows behavior. If you try you will grow to feel the way you are. Feeling follows behavior. Okay. Okay. That sound? Uh -huh. 
one thing out of all this you're talking about is you're not alone. Okay. We're in this together. Yep. Yeah. And it's encouraging when you're working together for a common goal. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's just it, it it's encouraging to me to know that other people are, are following in the same direction. I'm and there going. are people in this room and not in this room. They've helped you in what you do, and they've served to got, get anything in return, just well, to come help. Well, whenever you look at the other people who are using their gifts mm -hmm. for our common goal. Okay. You and your teaching. Okay. Barbara Martinez doing what she does. Mm -hmm. Sarah doing what she does. Scott doing what he does. Absolutely. We all have different yeah. gifts. Yeah. And we're all using those gifts for a common cause. Right now, Dan Marshall is going to be going to be pretty much piled up with some people that that he's having to deal with right now. Sometimes it happens to James, sometimes it happens to me, but right now it's happening to Dan. And I thought when I when I heard that, you know, y'all know that Julie Posey died. You know? No, I didn't. Y'all did not well she died the other day. And James has was been really close and he's been he's been renting a room from her and, and so the family and, and and Dan has a connection there. So he's gonna be he's gonna be connected to serving them. I said perfect. Because he's the most, he most, the most compassionate, most humble. You know, he'll deal with it the right way. He will. You know, and then there's other people I'm not going to tell you about, but there's other people that, that have been contacting him that he's going to have to deal with. He's got to deal with personally. Can't do it on text anymore. Now it has to be personal. And he's and he set up a study for tonight, 6.30, with somebody here that he's going to study with. Him and Sandra are going to study with tonight. So, I mean, it, it's... To watch it, you know, I'm, I'm in awe. I was in awe of Roy and the way Roy, the way Roy did. And I thought, when he died, I thought, oh, my God, this is awful. But you know what I found out? You know what I found out? That nobody's indispensable. Everybody can be replaced. And everybody can, will step up. You need to step up and say, I'm going to serve. I'm going to find where it is. I'm going to start praying about it. God, tell me what to do. Tell me where I go. Give me the courage to do it, and I'm going to go serve. And I'm going to find something to do. Yes, ma'am. It could be as simple as making phone calls. It can be as, as simple as making phone calls. Yeah. You're right. It can be simple as, you know, uh, people sending cards, remembering a birthday and sending a card. Maybe how you serve. Okay? That may be what you do. Whatever it is, I'm going to serve because that's what Jesus taught me to do. All right? I'm over time, guys. I, I figured it would it would happen. Uh, thanks, thanks, guys, for being here. If you've been watching online, I hope you I hope you enjoyed the class. And you'll join us next week. We're gonna pick it up right here, and we'll try to finish chapter thirteen. All right, next week. Thanks, guys.